In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. In the Lab right now, Drew Doherty and you, John Harris, and we've gone over it. Everyone else has gone over it. Texans did not finish again. It was not much fun. Correct. Defense gave up too many rushing yards. Not much fun. Okay, so there were a few good things that came out of Sunday's game. Mm -hmm. The best, I think, was... First of all, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm with you, though. It's it's frustrating. I, I said this to Mark. I think one of the frustrating things about being that close is you're like, man, we're close. Yeah. Like, we've had these leads in the fourth quarter. And or we've been tied going into the fourth quarter and just like you said, you can't finish. I think the thing about that is it's it's easy outsider looking in to go, well, well, well make make that play. Make that one play and you're good. It's it's more it's more than that. It's putting yourself in position over the entire game to make that particular play at that point. And just haven't been able to do it in the fourth quarter. Um, had the ball with different times to take a lead or uh, tie the game and Sam Baber will come up with that clutch play, and hopefully that changes uh, sitting at 0-2-1. Hopefully that will change coming up, and it starts with the Chargers. Yeah, you say put yourself in position, and the special teams for the Texans did that throughout the game. They did in the first, the second, the third, the fourth quarter. They were tremendous. In fact, if you were to rank the special teams' performances in franchise history, what we saw Sunday has got to be within the top three all time for the Texans. Boy, yeah. I mean, I don't know. it's tough to quantify it. I have to go yeah, back game is. by game. Yeah. But listen listen to some of the stuff that we saw. Okay. Okay. Cam Johnston, all five of his punts downed inside the 20. Hmm. Kymie Fairbairn, he made both of his field goals. In that he, wind, too. In that wind. Yeah. When he was kicking off, he did a good job of that. I'm going to get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Desmond King, the one punt return he had, 31 yards. Yep. It set up the last touchdown. I mean, it got you down well inside the 50 on the other side of the, the field for the uh, – for the Texans offense, you convert a fake punt that winds up leading to a field goal later. And it kept your defense off the field because you were, you don't make that fake punt. The defense has to go out there. They're going to be exhausted, you know, because they had, they'd had a lot of time on the Mm -hmm. field in the second quarter that flips basically in the third. All right. But I talk about position, field position, 10 drives. There were 12 drives total for the Chicago Bears offense. Two of them started because of interceptions, all right? Right. The other 10, punts and kickoffs by the Texans, none of them were better than the 25-yard line because two kickoffs went into the end zone and were touchbacks. So okay. the best that they had starting field position-wise out of those 10 drives was the 25. But on average, after a kickoff or punt, they started at the 16.9-yard line, the 17-yard line. I mean... Your special teams unit did everything it could to help you win the game. I mean, I shudder to think if they have just an average yeah. perform you lose by double digits, I think. Yeah, I think you're if, right. If all things are the same. Yeah, with with Justin Fields even playing as poorly as he did, you're you're probably right about that. I and I will I will say this, and I don't want to give the defense a pass at all. When you give up two hundred and eighty one yards, you gave up two hundred and eighty one yards. Yeah. But what ends up happening sometimes, and this happened with Derrick Henry in 2020 up at Tennessee, the Texans didn't do a horrible job against Derrick Henry, but they jumped out of a gap. A linebacker jumped out of his gap, Zach Cunningham, jumped out of his gap, for some reason jumped into the backside A instead of frontside A, 
And that's where Henry went 94 yards. Well, Henry ran for 200 and something yards that day. Well, 94 of them came on that run. Mm-hmm. So it was like 100 and, I don't know, 110 yards without that. Now, it's still giving him 110 yards. But to the, arguably the best back in the league, that is not bad. But then you see that, that grotesque total of 200. The reason I bring that up is Khalil Herbert had a 52-yard run. Equinemius had a 41-yard run. Uh, Justin Fields had a 20-yard scramble. And Herbert had a 19-yard run elsewhere. That accounted for 141 yards of the 140. Yeah. Of the 281, sorry. So that was 141 on four runs, 140 on 36 runs. And it, that really dawned on me, Drew, as I was watching because I'm like, man, this – I went back and watched the game. I'm like, this isn't, this isn't as bad as I thought. Yeah. I thought I was going to watch this and just want to puke. And I'm watching going, oh, that's a pretty good stop here. Pretty good run stop there. But it was those four plays that completely skew the total. But you know what, though? And I'm with you. But you can't get rid of those four plays. That's the problem. You can't. And also, you still were able to let them run 36 times. When right. you run over 30 times, you're usually going to win. Right, exactly. And the Texans have they've given up, what, 28, 41, and 30-something carries in each of yeah, these. Yeah. For, I wrote yeah, about it in Port Drew, actually. But, yeah, they're giving up an average, or they give, they're giving up an average like five and change per, per carry. I think what those four runs... Only the Titans are worse than the NFL. What those four runs do and have done is they're exposing where the Texans' issues have come from. On the first one, you got a player jumping out of his gap, and it left a massive... I mean, when they showed the end zone view of that Khalil Herbert 52-yard run, like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. Justin Fields' scramble, like, you you knew you were going to give up a scramble to Justin Fields. You just hope he wasn't going to make it a 79-yard run, not a 20-yard run. The 41-yard reverse run, you got a defensive back that's eyes are in the wrong spot. He's watching what his key's doing, and he's just like, oh. Instead of seeing what the, the receiver's doing and then going, oh, wait a second, I got to go up and replace, that turns into a 41-yard run. The tackling on the Herbert 52-yard run was not good. The tackling on Herbert's 19-yard run was not good. The the tackling and the physicality on Herbert's touchdown run was not good. So those four runs plus the touchdown run just exposed really what the Texans' issues have been when they've gone down there. Now, the flip side of that, like you said, is the special teams. I mean, holy smokes. It was fantastic. Graylin Arnold made that stop inside the 10, mm-hmm. flying down as a gunner or as some teams the like call to fly. The coverage units have been great. Outstanding on kickoffs and punts. Really great. The fake punt. I had seen the Texans run a fake punt at some point in training camp or uh, practice, walk to whatever. I had seen them run it. I knew they had. And every team has a fake punt or two or three in their arsenal. They all have them. They all have it. It's just a matter of when you call it. I think that's the key is what's the timing? What's the right time? The Bears came out of punt safe look, meaning they had their front seven, front six, whatever, out on the field as if they were expecting something untoward. And then MJ Stewart, and what I loved about it is how they set it up. On a punt earlier, it caught my attention that Dario Gumbuale went in motion. And I went, hmm, okay. So Dario goes in motion again, but I didn't see that until later after the game because I had switched sides of the field. Because mm-hmm. when the ball's in the you know, 40s, I, I got to make a decision. Do I stay behind it or do I go in front? Well, I had already moved in front thinking that they were going to pick up a first down right. and that they were going to kind of move a little bit. So I got there in preparation. So I was watching it from behind. And so I see fake punt. like, oh, man, did they get enough? And when you see a TV copy, you can see they clearly got it. But it was perfectly executed. It was perfectly run. MJ sold it. And then the front got enough push 
to get them enough for the first time. I thought it was brilliant. Frank Ross and Sean Baker have been unbelievable to special teams. Units have been great. Um, they've put emphasis on that, and it's really telling. And now the other two units have got to step up and match special teams. And when they do, then we're going to have a football team that we really like to watch. Yeah. But those two have to match what the special teams are doing. Speaking of MJ Stewart, he came into the game with four special teams tackles. He added an assist, so I think that goes to five now for him. That was that was coming in four was the tops on the, uh, the Texans. So MJ Stewart, quiet Yes. Nice addition. Absolutely. Free agency for the Texans Very much and so. their special teams units. Okay, time to get into who you and I think will be the cream of the crop. Oh, boy. Cream of the crop this Sunday against the Chargers because this is, uh, boy, this feels like the 2011 Texans or something with these guys. I mean, their quarterback has mm-hmm. broken ribs. They've lost <laughs> yeah. their left tackle. There's... Their all-pro wide receiver is banged up. Yep, might not play. It's it's a it's a mash unit. So with all that in mind, because I think that plays a big big role in what we see and will see on Sunday. Who's your cream of the cropper to watch from the Houston Texans? The cream of the crop, Titus Howard. All right, two reasons. Mighty Titus Howard. I like Number that. one, first of all, I don't know. Joey Bosa got hurt in that game last week against the Jaguars. Groin injury. And there's no telling whether he whether he's going to play. He didn't play last year. I think it was COVID situation the last year. But there were a lot of guys on the Texans side that didn't play. Brandon Cooks didn't play due to COVID last year. So it was kind of a, in some sense, an even matchup with injuries on on both sides and COVID on both sides. I mean, I remember what our offensive line looked like that day. But I bring up Titus because of that Joey Bosa, and Joey likes to he'll rush from either side, but he he likes that left side. Um, and, and Titus has faced him before. His first game as a right starting ta- starting right tackle, he had to face Joey Bosa. Big in Calif- game in 2019. Out California, yeah. and he had a really solid game against him. So Titus has had some success. But it's time it's time for Titus to be the first-round pick that we have, have wanted him to be. It's time. There have been flashes. There's not enough dominance. And he can take over games. He's got the athleticism. He's got the power, the strength, the length. He's got everything you want to be able to take over a game and say, you know what? Run the ball behind me on this right side. Run over here. I'm going to dominate this fool across from me. And it's got to be that sort of thing. And, and Titus a lot of times gets caught two, two and a half seconds on a block, and it looks okay, and then that guy ends up somehow getting ending up on a tackle. Those things have got to get cleaned up. Titus has got to take his game to a different level. My eyes will be on him for a lot of this game because of A, Bosa, and B, that fact right there where Titus can take this entire offensive line to a different level with his play on the right side. I like it because if he's doing that, you're also probably going to be able to run the ball. And you ran the ball really, really well against the Chargers last year. Now, Los Angeles comes in with an NFL worst 2.6 yards per carry average. Mm -hmm. So if there's any weekend to get right against the run, now is as good as any. Let's do that. Let's make yes. sure, make sure that that happens. Maybe keep him at that two point six per or better. Yes. You cool with that? I'm cool with that. I almost went to that side of the ball, and then thinking of Bosa, thought about I thought about Titus. I like it. I'm going to stay on the offense with you, but I'm going to go with Nico Collins because mm-hmm. think about what he did against those Chargers last year. Yep. Texans are trying to run out the clock late. They've got a bit of a lead, and they throw it to Nico, and instead of just diving down and killing the clock, he gets six. Yep. First touchdown cool. of his career. Yeah. yeah. That was a really good – they had a nice little chemistry. They saw something there. He took advantage. Davis Mills took advantage. Touchdown. Need to see a little bit more, I think, from Nico. He's starting to come on. I think he's playing a little bit better each game. Yep. 
had a nice game the other day, but I think he can do more. I think he will do more, and I'm looking to that and for that, not just in the first, second, and third quarter, like we mentioned, but in the fourth. Let's get him a big pass because he's done it before in the fourth with Mills. Let's replicate that. Let's keep that going because the Texans got to, got to, got to get a win. I mean, this is just, they've been blown out. They've had the lead. In the they've had the lead in two of the games of the fourth quarter. They were tied at the start right. of the f- fourth quarter in this last one. Let's finish them off and let's have Nico help do that. Yeah, it'd be nice to get that win on Pink Ribbon Day uh, at home. Getting back home is going to be nice because we went two on the road. Yep. Then we get this one game at home. Then we don't come back home until November. I th- th- think about think. it. Think about it. When you walked off the field after you played the Colts and tied them. You had only one more game until Halloween weekend yeah, at right, home right. because the bye is mixed in there. Right. A few road trips are mixed so in there. So back-to-back yeah. road trips, back-to-back weeks. Then you come home for this one. Then you go at Jacksonville, bye week, at Las Vegas before yep. you come home again. So mm-hmm. you were hoping that you could steal one in some sense at Denver. I mean, before the season started, you're like, man, you think you could catch Denver at the right time and steal one? You were right there to do it. Mm-hmm. Could you go to Chicago and beat Chicago? The passing game struggled. Can you finish them off? And you just couldn't make the plays. You threw the interception in the end zone. Um, you threw the interception at the end of the game. And you just couldn't take full advantage uh, in the fourth quarter. Those games were ripe for the picking. I mean, for people saying, hey, they could be 3-0. and Yeah, they could be 3-0. and mm-hmm. They could be 3-0. and But they just haven't made those plays in the final 15 minutes. It's time to do it for a full 60 minutes and really show what this team can do before they go take on what has now become a 2022 juggernaut down in Duval County, the Jacksonville Jaguars. (laughs) And for one more, just a little bit of information, we're going to pull back the curtain here. If you happen to hear us like this in the background clapping, Mm -hmm. it's because there are mosquitoes in this room that have beards the size (laughs) of Lovey Smith. I mean, these things are massive. I think they're prehistoric mosquitoes or something. They're, They're yeah, basically pterodactyls. Yeah, Anyhow, you're, you're close. Well, John, uh, this has been a fun in the lab. Let's get a freaking win so we can talk about a win, okay? Yeah, be nice. Let's do it against the Chargers. Let's do it. And we'll do this again next Tuesday. So long. Mm-hmm.